1: Sitting in a diner or out in the street, catch up with the news, get your point of view.
2: I want to hear what unravels, I'll see you in my travels. And, and good afternoon. Is it uh, appropriate? You know, here it is. It's January 9th, and I'm still meeting people for the first time and going, Happy New Year. Uh, so let me say it to uh, the first show of 2023, Happy New Year to you and uh, to uh, to all of our listeners out there really really appreciate it appreciate my sponsors of course this show would not happen without the help of my sponsors i want to thank Casella Waste Systems casella.com Jolly Convenience Stores if you're out and about you need a place to to get a quick snack or to fill up your vehicle there's over 40 of them here in the area and of course Milm Travel got some travel plans and uh, you know you want to get out uh, for the winter They've been doing this since 1975, milmtravel.com. Also, want to welcome a new sponsor to the program. In fact, we're going to be talking with Adam Jones from Myers Bagel Cafe coming up uh, later on this month on the next show. They've got some... uh, some cool things happening at Myers Bagels for those of you that uh, that have been there in Burlington or down on Pine Street. Some changes coming. They're moving up onto Shelburne Road, and um, they're going to be also doing pizzas um, during the evening. So how about that? One of my faves, and I love their bagels. They are just fantastic. Podcast and videos of Travels with Charlie. The old Travels with Charlie videos are available at wdevradio.com, as well as previous programs here on wdev and want to remind you you can email me with thoughts and comments if you want to have a a guest on here c papilloradio at gmail.com that's c as in charlie papilloradio at gmail.com Okay, so again, Happy New Year. Welcome to Travels with Charlie for 2023. Today's lineup. So, you know, New Year, uh, changes in your career. A lot of people consider those kinds of things. Uh, My friend, uh, uh, dream interpreter and life coach, Phil Zaldotti, who is right behind the glass. He's got his arms up and he's going, yeah, baby. He's going to be joining us uh, later on. My first guest, this is like old homecoming. I've had Phil on my... Previous program many, many times, as well as my next guest. Uh, he is the CEO of Habitat for Humanity, a nonprofit building homes and changing lives in Northwest Vermont. Welcome, please, to David Mullen. David, good Charlie, afternoon.
1: Great to be back. Nice to see you.
2: Nice to see you again as well. So, uh, first off, uh, you know, building and selling homes with an affordable mortgage, that's Boy, that's if you could do that, and that's what you try to do.
1: Yep, yep. That, that's not an
2: easy task, is it?
1: No, it isn't. And and you know, I give talks about habitat and affordable housing all over, and um, I'm I'm always uh, people coming up with questions saying, "How come more builders don't build affordable housing?" And I'll tell you, I, I tell them, I, I know exactly why, because they can't. Yeah, with the cost of land. In Vermont, and uh, the cost of building materials, and permits, and labor, and everything else—it's very, very difficult to build affordable housing.
2: Not to get political, but if you want to, you certainly can. We've—I've worn that hat many, many years. Uh, that whole permitting process because we hear about that all the time that you can you, you want to start a business and you want to build a uh a, you know you know a place to to do that business and then you look at it and you go in hey, New Hampshire says oh, this is all it's going to cost but Vermont well I'm jumping through hoops and uh, man it's taking forever it's like well I'm not going to do it what can the legislature do what can Vermont do for us David
1: you know i i think it's on a um on a town basis it's it's the grassroots that's where a lot of change happens and for a town to recognize that in order for them to have a balance in their housing and in their community and enable the uh, working families that are in the service business to be able to afford a home a simple decent and affordable home that that some of these things have to be changed and it can be changed on a local level there are towns and cities that are saying look we got to step up we're going to put these uh, great rules into effect um to keep vermont you know, the state we want to live in. But by the same token, you got to open things up a little bit. And um, more and more towns are realizing that and putting some of these um, supports for affordable housing. And Green Mountain Habitat works with families that are at or below 80% of median income. So these are working families, but they just don't earn enough to qualify for a market rate home.
2: And it's really a, a, a vicious circle, David, because, uh, you know, we hear the story all the time that uh, somebody, you know, a business here in Vermont, uh, they have openings, they, they, they have applicants, uh, and they're just about ready to sign on the dotted line. And the, the, the person says, well, that's great. I'd love to work for you, but I've just gone out and looked at house prices or even rental prices. I can't afford to live here unless you pay me more.
1: Absolutely. No, we are all time in our business. Um, and you hear it on the radio and the TV. Look, if the hospital is having trouble finding housing for those folks, yeah. and they're not talking about the folks that clean the room, right. so they're talking about the doctors, the nurses, the specialists can't find housing. Well, how does somebody that's lived in Vermont all their life, that's grown up here, graduated high school, did a great job, even went to college, and then come back and, and there's no way that you'll have the capital. And that's what Habitat is about. That's why we only do home ownership. Because home ownership is the way this country was built. And through home ownership, families can grow, uh, capital and equity. And that's how they break that cycle of poverty.
2: And then you feel that you're part of the community. You have roots in that community. That's why it's so important as opposed to to renting.
1: Right. Absolutely. And, you know, there's, there's a fair amount of subsidized rental housing going in, and thank goodness it's there. But if... If you don 't have affordable home ownership, then you can 't get in and get the process started. I talk with some of the largest builders in the state, and there are a number of them that started out, for instance in Burlington, with um, uh, housing that was entry level housing well entry level housing in Chittenden County is about three hundred and fifty four hundred thousand. So how do you do that? Yeah,
2: that's that's pretty difficult. Uh, David Mullen, CEO of Habitat for Humanity, my guest this afternoon on Travels with Charlie. If you have a question, you have a comment, if you want to make a donation, you can do that as yeah. well, 244-1777 or one 291 8255 and let's talk about, uh, there's lots to, to get into here, uh, uh, but, but specifically the donations, because you have three stores yep. that you resell items that people donate to you. And I know it works. Um, you, Habitat for Humanity has been a recipient many times from the Papillo family with, uh, you know, dining room set that you no longer need. And I got to tell you, you know, you make that phone call and they go, we'll be there, you know, within a few days and they take it. They pick it up and they take it. So it's, it's that simple. And if you've ever been into any of the stores, there is all kinds of merchandise in there. In fact, I think I bought my shutters for my house when it was time to, to put more shutters on the house. And you go, well, you know, I could buy brand new ones or I can, there's nothing wrong with used ones. Absolutely. I'm going to paint them the color that I want.
1: Absolutely. And that's what we did. You got it. That's great. Thank you for supporting. Um, yeah, folks, you know, um, certainly financial support is, Um, how the organization got started but now with those three stores one in Williston one in Milton and one in Swanton and the concept is people donating goods furniture appliances housewares clothing you name it and uh, donating it and then we turn it into affordable housing locally that money stays local right and as you mentioned we pick it up for free if it's not something you can drop off and it is like a treasure hunt when you go to that store Because you just never know And if you see something you like You better buy it Because if you think oh, You're yeah. going to go home And then come back later <laughs> It's not going to be there
2: it's Sort of like going to Costco Exactly you know? <laughs> Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. But,
2: but they don't do The $1.50 hot dogs At the store So maybe someday <laughs> no, Who knows That's a
1: concept Let me write this <laughs> <You're right>. down <laughs> That
2: would be a good idea yeah. um, So you know One of the things uh, uh, I, I find this interesting It was uh, a few years ago When uh, it was time To get rid of One of the, uh, the tube <laughs> TVs Yeah <laughs> at the house and and man try to get re- you don't want those do you no nobody
1: wants them no it's unfortunate <laughs> but um some things um need to be recycled a different way a <laughs> <the> um, dump <laughs> yeah i mean uh it's amazing though what some people donate i'm yeah. talking about flat screen TVs that are a lot bigger than the one i have in my house yeah and um and and furniture that is just gorgeous yeah. and it's this stuff doesn't wear out anymore. Um, people are getting new models or they're yes. moving or yeah. grandma's moving and you have their stuff. We go – you know, we have folks that donate a washing machine. We have other folks that have donated. Look, we're moving out of state. we got another house already full of furniture. Take everything in the house. Truck yeah. clothes. Wow. It's – generosity is just
2: amazing. And, and especially, you know, this time of year, a lot of people, they – we're going to be talking about that. It's a lot of people look to make changes this time of year. So whether it's we want some new furniture or we need to, to downsize, that seems to be a very important yeah. thing as, as people get up in age, they, we don't, you know, the kids aren't here. We don't need three bedrooms. I don't need, uh, you know, a big family room. So you downsize and what do you do with the furniture? And there are certainly benefits to donating uh, with, uh, with your taxes, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. We give a receipt and, um, and you can keep that for your taxes at the same time you realize that um your donation is helping somebody right it's not just somebody making a profit somewhere this is going to help a family a local family get into a simple decent affordable house and and for most of these families it changes the trajectory of their family to be able to get into a good home that they can afford that that changes the attitude of the mom dad and the kids too.
2: Now, you're always looking for volunteers, I would imagine, whether it's uh, in the stores or working on the trucks, uh, you know, picking up and, and, and all of that?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, both in the store and on the construction site. You know, it takes between three and 400 volunteers to build one Habitat house. So it really is a community event. And, uh, we're always looking for volunteers because we're, uh, we've made a commitment. The board of directors has made a commitment to go from five or six houses every single year to ten. And we're looking to go beyond that. So we need lots and lots of volunteers. And you don't have to have ever done construction uh, before to come out to a habitat site. You need clothes, told shoes. You can't have sandals. But, yeah. <laughs> um, but um, uh, the majority of the people that help us build these houses have never done construction before. And they have a great time. At the end of the day, you can look back and you, and you say, hey, I built that wall. It's crooked, but I built yeah. that wall. And
2: of course, the people that uh, that's going to be their home, they they're, they're um, contributing as well, so they can say. I built that house
1: absolutely right alongside the volunteers. These families uh, have to put in 400 hours of sweat equity, helping us build that house. So they do. They know it inside and out. Mm-hmm. We had one mom, single mom, a number of years ago, and she said, "I know exactly where the two by fours are in this house. I know exactly where I can hang a picture." <laughs> said, yeah, that's
2: great. And that's very helpful because if you don't, um, uh, yeah, if lots and lots of holes. Lots of holes. You need to, you need some spackle to. Right. to fill in those holes. Right. Uh, uh my guest this afternoon on Travels with Charlie David Mullen with the uh, Habitat for Humanity 244 1777 291 8255. So, how do you apply for a home, David?
1: Yeah. Um, you can go right to our website, vermonthabitat.org and they'll uh, you can take the steps right there you apply for it we um, we collaborate with other organizations to get you financially qualified and then um, you you have to be uh, willing to put in that 400 hours of sweat equity and um, have the ability to repay a loan on a house because we buy the land we build the house and then we sell it to the family at cost so for most of the families that we're selling these houses to, their mortgage tax and insurance on a brand-new home is less than they were paying in rent. And in lots of cases, rent on a substandard property.
2: Wow. Yeah. So do you, you just build homes or, or do you do some rehabs as well? Because I think I've seen some rehabs in we, the past.
1: Yeah, we have done rehab projects. The situation is typically, though – um uh, uh, especially in Chittenden County, but northwestern Vermont, the private contractors are, are there before I can even get there um, because of the scarcity of property. So we have done rehabs, uh, both single-family and multifamily, and, and we build um, new also single-family, duplex, triplex, fourplex, couple of years we're looking at a project that'll probably be five and six plexes to make the property and the home even more affordable.
2: Now as you mentioned on your website, and I think this is very important, is it's a hand up, not a handout. Exactly. And that's what that individual, you know, feeling that, it's like I worked for this. It wasn't given to me. I worked for it.
1: Exactly. And and that's part of the concept is that these families can be proud that they own this home, and um, that that saying uh, um, is derived out of the concept of habitat, its roots, and that um, these families have pride in their home. And as you said earlier, they become part of the community. Right. They put down roots. The average family in the United States, last time I checked, was they live in their house about seven years. Our Habitat for Humanity families, our uh, track record shows in their homes much, much longer. And so those are roots in the community.
2: So what happens, David? Because it, it does seem that it would be very complicated. To, you've, you've sold that home to these individuals at a reduced price. Right. If they were to sell that on the open market, it would be worth a lot more than what they paid for it. And, uh, I mean, that would happen anyway just because of, uh, you know, gains in the in the market. What happens if they decide to sell it within two years? Is there, a, you know, a contract? You have to stay there so many years? And what happens even after five or ten years? There's still some equity that uh, – that they've built up in it, but there's also some that was given to them.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great question, Charlie. These homes that we build, every single Habitat home we build and the other Habitat affiliates around the state build have a covenant on it. It is perpetually affordable. So we're increasing the pool of affordable housing in the community. So just as an example, um, we had a family that uh, lived in Burlington. Um, About 15 years ago, we built their home. They called me up. They said, Dave, we love the house, but we've outgrown it, and uh, we need to move, and we're going to look to buy another house. And so they're entitled to all of their equity that they've built up and 25% of the appreciation of the property during the time they owned it. The family had been in there close to 15 years. Their equity and their appreciation share at that closing was almost $100,000. Yeah. So it did exactly what it was supposed to do. They took that money. It was a down payment on a market rate home. So the families are moving up. And then another family, because the house is perpetually affordable, another qualified family gets to move into
2: a And do group. you facilitate that? Does, does Habitat facilitate the, the new...
1: Uh, People coming into that home, yeah. We do. And and, uh, we also partner sometimes with Champlain Housing Trust, uh, another great organization. And um, together we're finding qualified families for these homes. Um, to, to know that you're, uh, somebody's investing in habitat, making a donation to Green Mountain Habitat. The family that donated money for our first house 36 years ago, their donation is going into the house that we're building this year. Wow. It just keeps going. Recycle yeah. the donation dollars. Yeah.
2: Uh, David Mullen, my guest this afternoon on Travels with Charlie, uh, Habitat for Humanity. We're talking, he's the CEO and that's what we're talking about. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll find out a little bit about uh, David you know his background where he's from and uh, and more keep it right here on WdeV the waste and resource management industry is a complex integrated system that many people and communities take for granted trash recycling compost we're all familiar with the terms but maybe not the truths behind the waste industry want to learn more Beyond the Bin is a podcast by Casella, which shines a light on what really happens to our waste and recycling. If you're interested in environmental sustainability and renewable resources, then check out this podcast. You'll learn about waste and recycling, meet members of the Casella team, and one episode even deals with beekeeping. Check it out online at www.casella.com forward slash beyond the bin. I suppose whatever pays the bills, you know, <laughs> Charmin, whatever, doesn't matter. Um, photograph? Ringo? Yeah. Welcome back to Travels with Charlie. David Mullen, my guest on Travels with Charlie. David knew that song as well. A big Beatles fan?
1: Yeah. How oh, can you not be, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
2: Well, great, uh, great to have you here today. We're talking about Habitat for Humanity. And if you have a question for David, you can call in at 244-1777 or 1-877-291-8255. VermontHabitat.org. Is that the best website for people to to get all the links if they want to go to the stores, they want to make a donation, they Absolutely. want to volunteer.
1: Yep, that's it. And it gives you all the information you could possibly use. And and if you need more information, you go there. It'll tell you who to call. Um, so it directs you. Yep. So, David,
2: you know, I asked this question of many of my guests because COVID certainly has impacted All of us, uh, you know, when you looked at me, you said, well, hair's long. I stopped cutting it during COVID. So I have COVID hair, but that's, that's an easy one. But man, you talk with people in the building industry and they go, you know, you were going to do that deck uh, this year. You ought to maybe wait a while and put that off. So how have you been impacted? How have you dealt with that? With the rising prices of goods, I've hear, heard horror stories of, you know, what a two by four or plywood goes for today.
1: Yeah, it, um, the cost of materials certainly has escalated and, uh, over the last couple of years. And, you know, it's like, uh, well, it only went up $10 a sheet for plywood, but there's like, 200 sheets in a house. Yeah.
2: And, so, and how many two by fours oh or two gosh. by sixes, I should say.
1: Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And so that's what happens. It multiplies. And so because we're selling the homes at cost, the cost of the house has gone up dramatically. And so for every dollar we add to the cost of that house, somebody falls off the bottom rung yeah. of that qualification. And so we're constantly trying to see how we can drive the cost down, but at the same time, build quality housing. And energy efficient. We're building some of the most energy efficient, affordable housing in the state of Vermont. We, each of them is inspected by an energy inspector, and uh, and they tell us over and over that you're building some of the best houses in. Baltimore.
2: So these are quality homes, and somebody that gets it, um, they're going to have lower energy cost, right?
1: Absolutely, yeah, because they can control the mortgage. But if your utility costs are going through the roof, then uh, that's going to eat you alive as Mm -hmm. well. And so for most of these families, they don't have discretionary funds.
2: Now, when these homes go into a community... Do you put a sign out and say, here's another Habitat for Humanity project, or do you kind of keep it uh, on the down low? Uh,
1: We do put a sign out front because, as we said earlier, we need all the volunteers we can get to help us build that house and build the next house. And it does. We have folks come once, and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm coming back. And um, over and over, we have some folks that have volunteered on habitat sites for the last 19 years, every single Tuesday and Thursday.
2: Isn't Jimmy Carter a big habitat guy?
1: He was. Lots of folks say, oh, yeah, I know. He started it. No, he didn't. He's just our most famous volunteer. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Great, great person, if only every ex-president could accomplish so much. uh, You're
2: wishing for a little too much, uh, David. We don't have time to get into that today. But I I do want to ask you a little bit about yourself, because I've known you for quite some time, and uh, I think I just found out recently what you did prior to Habitat. And I think, you know, when I had you on my previous show, you would probably just come into Habitat for Humanity, and before that, you were... Well, you know, in the corporate world, and I, I see some similarities between, you know, my friend Mark Redmond from yeah, Spectrum sure. Youth Services. Uh, he came from the corporate world and, oh, you know, now you're working for a non-profit and... How does that all come about? How do you leave the corporate world and get into what you're doing now?
1: Well, I never would have dreamed of it. Um, You know, I had worked for some great companies in Vermont. I had worked for Harrington's and Green Mountain Coffee Roasters back in the early days when uh, Ben and Jerry would come down with their brown paper bags to hide out in our conference room at (laughs) lunchtime. Um, It was a different world. But uh, uh, from there and then went on to own a couple of great companies companies um, and, and eventually sold my share in one of them and said, gosh, what am I supposed to do now? And um, uh, looked and somebody said, what about the nonprofit world? And I said, what? Uh, can you actually work for a nonprofit? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and so Green Mountain Coffee was looking at the time for their first full-time employee. And uh, I am so, so fortunate to have taken that opportunity. Uh, phenomenal people all the volunteers, but the staff that we have now, we have a pretty lean staff, but I've never met harder working people um uh, especially in the corporate world compared to how hard these people work both yeah. in our stores and in our offices i am very
2: grateful you know and, and not to downplay the importance of a good ham uh, no. be it, be yeah. a hair, or a good cup of coffee with uh, right, right. with uh, green mountain coffee roasters but um, i don't know you know at the end of the day if you felt like well you know we've filled a lot of bellies today and everybody had a good ham but certainly there has to be a great feeling knowing that What you've done has put somebody in a home and they've, as we've mentioned, created roots in that community and is going to go on to to good things. There has to be a great feeling in that that you don't get in the corporate world.
1: Yeah, I think, um, you know, as I said, when, when I worked for Green Mountain Coffee Roasters, it was the absolute best coffee there was. It was coffee, though. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, at, at the end of the day, um, everybody—you know—in any business, you, everybody works hard. So, at the end of the day, if you can look back and say, you know what, I, it actually made a difference to somebody, and housing is a long-term difference. It's not a quick fix. It's a—it's uh, not a patch. It's a—it's a change to their life and the lives around them. And so, uh, yeah, I'm very grateful.
2: Well, there's many ways that you can help out. If you're listening today to Travels with Charlie, vermonthabitat.org. If you're making some changes in your home, you're getting rid of some furniture, and it's still usable. If you got tube TVs, don't call. Uh, uh, Vermonthabitat, spell it out, vermonthabitat.org. Maybe you'd like to volunteer. You've got some uh, extra hours, and you can. they can put you to work in, in one of their stores. They have three stores. They're in Swanton, Milton, and Williston. Right. Um. Or if you've um, got land that you'd like to donate, oh, yeah. that
1: would be nice. Yeah, that probably absolutely.
2: doesn't happen too often.
1: Um. You know, in in all the years, Green Mountain Habitat's been around, in, and Green Mountain Habitat was the first habitat affiliate in Vermont. But now there's six others around the state, and so if you're in a different community listening to this, look up your local one. They need your help. Absolutely. Um. But yeah, it's um. We depend on the community. For that generosity and both the financial donations as well as the furniture and appliances, housewares, don't prejudge. Call us, absolutely. We'll let you know. And if you're
2: looking for some items, you you know whether you're setting up, uh, uh, you know, some kids, uh, you know, some of your kids into in their own apartment, uh, you know, don't buy new. Right. Right. Uh, Any of the restores uh, can certainly help you out, David. It's it's been so great to catch up with you again and to see you again. You're looking great, Uh, and we'll stay in
1: touch. Absolutely. Charlie, thank you for the invitation. Always happy to talk about Habitat for Humanity.
2: All right. There you go. David Mullen from Habitat for Humanity on Travels with Charlie. We'll take a quick break. When we come back... Uh, Dream interpreter and life coach. Time for some changes. Phil Zaldotti joins me on Travels with Charlie right here on WDEV. When I'm on the road, I don't have to look very far for a place to fill my gas tank or my belly. Jolly Convenience Stores with over 40 locations to choose from makes it easy. Fuel for your car, fresh-made sandwiches, soft drinks, hot coffee, pastries, friendly service, and even creamies. Jolly Convenience Stores supports your community by sponsoring events, veteran organizations and more. That's why I support them and you should too. Stop in today, Jolly Convenience Stores, home of the daily smile. I'm going to defer to Phil on this one. Uh-oh. Oh. <laughs> Come on, you're the dream interpreter. <laughs> can you can you name that song in one note before the before the vocal comes in? American Robin! Yes! The guess who? <laughs> Can you guess who that song is by? Uh, Korm doing a great job behind the glass this afternoon. Welcome back. Travels with Charlie. Uh, my next guest today is Phil Zaldotti, longtime guest on the old Charlie and Ernie show as, as David Mullen was, uh, many, many times. And it's good to catch up with both of you and, and have Phil on again. We had him on previously and we talked a lot about dreams and dream interpretation. And we're going to give you an opportunity to call in today. 2441777 or 18772918255 if you have a dream that you would like Phil to interpret i kind of jump in a little bit if i can i
0: I'm always going to point at you. <laughs> He's been you, trying You were doing so well. Well
2: well uh, and then you know we stopped doing yeah. it you know, we stopped talking uh, for a while and uh you know you, you kind of coached me a little bit on that and you know I yeah, tried You to,
0: picked it up really well. I tried quickly. to
2: interpret some of my own uh but also you know today as a life coach we're going to talk a little bit about um especially this time of year a lot of people go yes. They've they've got resolutions or they're sick of this job or they're just – they're not happy in what they're doing and they want to make some changes. And, you know, think about that for a moment. If you went to the gym and you've never been to the gym before and you don't know what to do, what do you do? You hire a personal trainer. They come yeah. in and they go, well, you need to do – you want to work on the pecs, you do this, you yes. do that. So. You know how many people really have experience about they 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 don't. The problem is they don't know what they want to do.
0: No, that's the number one problem, they which causes that, unhappiness. They
2: know that they're not happy exactly,
0: and they're looking outside of their life to get information from others around them when the answer is deep inside their own heart already. We just need to help them pull it out.
2: Now, you have a great quote on your website, uh, prolificleadershipsolutions.com. Uh, Discovering what you really want saves you endless confusion and wasted energy. Amen, brother.
0: Yes, <laughs> yes. And you know, another thing that we got to learn to understand about ourselves: we were created to be creatives, to use creativity, not to settle for the life that the culture has given you. But where do you want your life to go? And be a, be one, you know, creating that life for yourself. Yeah. You know, here's here's I, I brought this too. Uh, what is your idea of you? Have you ever stopped and thought about that? No, who is it that you 've decided to become? If your greatest work of art is the life you live and ultimately life is a creative act, what life will you choose to leave behind as your masterpiece?
2: So how many people do you think actually think about that? They just they kind don't. of they go, okay, you know i and i 'm not putting down any any yeah. job uh, any career out there but yeah. uh, you know I can remember years ago when when I started out I was living in the Boston area and my wife's family said you know we can probably get you a job on the T um and <laughs> Corms laughing about this could you see me driving that train there's an there's an old grateful dead song about driving that train you don't want me driving that train and I and and for me it was like Well, that's just too mundane. I can't imagine I'm going to get in there every day, open the door, shut the door. Good morning, how are you? I didn't want. I knew. I knew what I didn't
0: want to do. Yes, I was the same way. My dad, an uh, ex-military guy, worked for the railroad, union job, benefits. Oh yeah, son, get a union job with the benefits. What are you crazy, Phil? Come on,
2: you know. Think about the pension. Think of yeah and.
0: I wanted to go into business for myself and that's what I ended up doing yeah. but they freaked out yeah. my mom and dad.
2: Well do you think that that is a new um you know going into business for yourself and I've I've had multiple businesses uh, that I've done never one that was like a huge corporation or right? yeah, either. multiple employees it was always kind of me and I'd hire people for the day if we were yep. whether it was landscaping you know I yep. I have a pizza business that I do uh and it just seems that um you know, it, it's. I liked doing that uh, that kind of thing, but but there seems to be a scare. You're right yes. about doing something like that because what if it doesn't work?
0: Yeah, you listen don't, to this. You yeah. don't
2: get the paycheck. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: True. Well, true. Creativity does not come easily. Creativity is born of risk, and refined by failure. Yeah. Failure is one of the rungs on the ladder to success. Yeah.
2: And 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 you know, so often we don't hear about uh, you know we just we just see the people that are successful, but nobody ever talks about how many times they failed
0: yes. before they were successful, yes. right? Yes. And your family's usually waiting. I told you, if you would have listened to me. You could have been driving that train.
2: You'd have 10 years under your belt with a huge pension. But no, you didn't want to go there.
0: No, I'm going on my own.
2: <laughs>
0: now, how's that working?
2: Uh, questions, comments, thoughts, or dreams? 244-1777 or one 291 8255 so, Phil, you know, the dream aspect of what you do is we kind of have a little bit of fun with that. Yeah. But why is that important in in, in what you do? If somebody comes to you and says that, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't really know where I want to go. And you go, well, have you had any dreams lately? And, and, and you talk about some of their dreams. Yeah. And how telling are those dreams about where it is that they want to go? It
0: can be shocking for many. Uh, it, it very often t- ties into where they're at today. It's bringing to the surface something that's going on in them today, and it could be connected to their future or connected to their past, and it helps them sort through all the emotions that they're going through because really we're wired to prosper spiritually, emotionally, relationally, physically, and materially as well as mentally, and if we're not doing well in those areas, we can point those areas out and they could begin working on those areas because they all tie into your, your core values. Getting in touch with your core values uh, helps you to say no to certain things and yes to other things and get more focused.
2: So you talk about uh, in your website, uh, ProlificLeadershipSolutions.com, there are three types of lifestyles. The trapped life. Yes. So those of you that are listening right now, think about you know what lifestyle you're in. Is it the trapped life? And maybe that's the one where you know you're in a job and you, I don't like this job, yeah. but I need to do it because I need to pay the bills. That's a trapped life, the comfortable life, uh, and maybe you can explain that a little more. Or the extreme possibilities experience. That's the third uh, type of lifestyle. Yes. So explain well the the second, the comfortable life. What, what exactly if is that? If you could
0: think of your um, your life uh, on a scale of one to ten, ten being incredible success fulfillment contentment and the one being some of the deepest pain frustration disappointment that you've gone through in life and that's one the four or five and sixes is, is the comfort area yeah. where you want to stay in your comfort zone and you're not a you're not growing but you're comfortable you got a steady paycheck coming yeah, in yeah. per se yeah
2: that's the key you get that steady paycheck uh, you, you can you show up for work um <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about my old uh, radio partner, Ernie Ferrar. Ernie had a mantra, and he said, uh, you know, you walk around with a clipboard in your hand. And he learned this in the Navy, he told me. He said, you walk around with a clipboard in your hand, and everybody thinks you're busy, and, 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 they, and they won't bother you. Now, Now, that's the comfortable life, you yes. know? It's like – we're not going to – don't ask him. He's busy, he's busy yeah. but it's Friday, and, and he gets his paycheck. But unfortunately – and Ernie wasn't that kind of a guy. He just told me that story. But you know, in that kind of a situation, you don't really grow.
0: No, no. We need to get more in touch with our ones that we've gone through because we've learned through those ones. Either we gave up. Or we learn to press ahead and persevere and become resilient and bounce back and start shooting for those 10s. Without the ones, we don't get the 10s. Yeah. We stay in that middle area, which is complacency.
2: So what is, what is the extreme possibilities experience? And and I don't know if it's a typo, but you, you spell extreme differently on your website.
0: Yes, and I, I wanted it to be different. Okay. I didn't want to use the... the, the so you, you purposely did that. Yes.
2: It's, it's not it's – not, if you look in the dictionary, extreme is not spelt that way. I think no. it's an axon grave or something no. like that,
0: right? No, because it's something that catches people's eyes. It does, yeah. Yeah, it's so not it, the ordinary. It, it's, it's, so I'm always looking to stand out and well, be out did of the it. box. You did it. Yeah.
2: You know, I questioned it. Well, you know, this is extreme, but what makes it extreme? And what exactly is it, Phil?
0: Helping people find out what their big dream is that looks impossible and then getting them to a place where they realize, you know what, I think I can do this. And we won't do it alone. You need a coach. You need people around you to encourage you along the way. And I I help people. um, This is a routine that I bring people through, is elevating your mindset, your attitude, your way of thinking. Uh, For most people, their past continues to be their future because their way of thinking hasn't changed. It's the same pattern of thought every day. Either it's taking them back to their past or it's, it's causing them to worry about the future.
2: And they're afraid to try something and new. And
0: they're living in the here and now. Yeah. And they're afraid to take the risk to go for that big dream.
2: Yeah. So how can you convince somebody to do that? Or I guess it, it's not really convince them. They have to have the confidence. Because if you don't have the confidence, you couldn't convince somebody to make that jump.
0: Yeah. Because of the failures in their past, they're afraid to try again. Right. And unfulfilled expectations is the number one issue that derails most entrepreneurs.
2: You know, I've heard an analogy before about uh, doing that. And, and uh, somebody that very successful person said, it's like jumping out of a plane. Um, you just do it. Uh, and then w- once you've done it, <laughs> there's no going back. Yes. And you better not screw up or yes. you're going to mess up.
0: <laughs> For many, uh, it they end up in a, an analysis paralysis. They look at the parachute and wonder, Wait, I need to figure out how this works. Yeah. They want to know everything about it before they jump out. Yeah. But for some... Well, that's
2: probably a good thing, though. I mean, i want want to pack my own chute. I don't know about you.
0: <laughs> but, but, but some, they never get past the fear. Yeah. For others, the alpha male types, they just throw that parachute on and jump out and figure out how it works on the way down. Yeah. So how do we get people to that place? It's helping them work through their history, uh, their attitude their values, and understanding where their heart is at. Because if you have a toxic heart, you have a lot of unforgiveness, fears, uh, things that will self-sabotage you. You want to get those out of the way.
2: Let's talk about um, some common dreams that uh, that people have. And these are dreams that people oh, yeah. have come to you in the past. Um, one that I haven't thought of before, and that's... Uh, a stupid smartphone, although I occasionally have a dream you know being in this business in the radio business about working at a control board and and uh, you know hitting all the right buttons and making sure that everything works and I, occasionally i 'll have this dream that i 'm in there and i 'm pushing the buttons and it's not working oh my gosh <laughs> so uh, i guess the stupid smartphone or in my case it would be the, the 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 operator's board that's not working in the in the control room not working what does that mean
0: what's am your, i am i in trouble what's your first thought <laughs> uh,
2: well i i have um, some worries i guess that uh, you know what i'm doing isn't uh, isn't going to work
0: or could it be frustrations that you're going through because you would rather have a different type of board with controls and options regarding it
2: well you know that could be i mean uh, you, you, Corm, you want to let me in i want to run the board that's what it's all about i, I want to be
0: he wants I, his sound effects back i want to be on the other side of the glass
2: no i've had that dream even before when i was operating my oh. own board there was always this feeling that uh I, well, I can tell you what I think a lot of it is, is it was, you know, you know I, and you've known me for many years and being in that uh, atmosphere of my, yeah. my old studio, I was in control in that room and, and everything yeah. had to work. Yes. And, and if it didn't work, I'd get very, I wouldn't ever, you'd never see it, but yeah. I'd get a little hard on myself when I get off the air. like, oh, you know what? I should I hit that a little bit sooner? The timing was off. That's my All first right? thought. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Insecurity. Yeah. What if it doesn't work right?
2: What if it doesn't work right? Yeah, absolutely. And I wanted it to work right. Yeah. I was always, you know, a perfectionist. I guess it had to be, had to be perfect. Had to be perfect.
0: Did it get worse knowing Ernie was watching you? <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, with Ernie it usually involved. Uh, he was eating a donut while while I was doing that, going, Geez, why don't you help me out instead of eating that donut? Losing your teeth. Now I've never had that dream, but that's a common one. You tell me that uh, that people have about losing their teeth.
0: Yeah, there's information coming their way. They just don't know how to to break it down, how to understand it. And that's a fear.
2: Hmm. I think this is a dream that uh, a lot of people have, and that's being naked. Yes. Right? Who hasn't had that dream? And you also mentioned, you know, about being in school. Yeah. But... Let's put them together because I think I've had this one. I'm in school and I'm naked. I've
0: had people tell me that. They're in line at school and they're looking around and seeing everybody. Then they realize they're all dressed and I'm not.
2: Well, you're at that desk and you get called up and they like, well, not right now.
0: <laughs> Time to do your book report, Charlie. Come on up here.
2: <laughs> so what exactly is that? Why, do, why is that such a common dream, Phil?
0: You're feeling vulnerable. Yeah. But you're also showing everybody what you see is what you get.
2: Yeah. And you're not
0: afraid to show it. Not I afraid guess. to show right? it. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Two <laughs> four <laughs> uh, We'd love to hear what your that, dreams. And what could
0: that be for you if you were at school? What, if, there, what would be your first thought? My first thought? Like if you had that dream last night,
2: um, what would be your first thought? Well, you know, to be honest with you, I mean, I, I loved school. And, and for me, uh, it was always when I got called on, it was like, yeah. I I I get to go up in front of the class. You'll be sorry you called on me. So I suppose uh, you know if I were naked, well that would add to the show. I guess you know.
0: But for many people, having a dream of being back in school, yeah, it's a sign that there's some things they did not learn way back then that they need to pick up now.
2: Oh, that's easy. Yeah, new
0: math. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: I, I was doing so well. So if it had well. to do with math, that'd be a nightmare for me.
2: I, I was I was doing so well when it was, you know, one plus one. You know, I call myself the rain man when it comes to math because oh. I figure things out. Like if it's 42 plus 32, you go, okay, 40 plus 30, that's 70. And then you got a two and a two, and that's a four. Okay, so that's 78, you know, 74. It's like, that's, you know, just yeah. kind of figure it out uh, the weird way. But I remember when new math came in, it's like, whoa, oh. you just lost me you lost me. We're going to take a quick break and we'd love to hear from you this uh, this afternoon on Travels with Charlie. If you have a dream that you would like interpreted and I'm not going to let you down, Phil. I had one, I don't know if you know it's anytime I knew Phil was coming on the program, the dream cycle would just turn on. And it was on last night.
0: Oh, no. Oh, yeah. And, and it was about food. <laughs> well, surprise, surprise, surprise. So I always have to get myself ready knowing Charlie's going to have a dream. Well,
2: well, get ready, and we want to hear about your dreams. And if you have any questions about uh, changes in your life, life coach Phil Zaldotti, my guest this afternoon on Travels with Charlie. We'll be, be right back right here. On WDEV. Whether you're traveling for a vacation, planning a business trip, or have a global company looking for a strong Vermont-based company to align with for business and meeting management, Milne Travel is a trusted local partner, and they've been one since 1975. Milne Travel is one of the top travel companies based in New England. Featuring educational tours, vacation travel, or corporate solutions, let their travel specialists search the lowest airfares exclusive to the travel industry for you guaranteed. We're all getting ready to travel again. Save time and money on your next trip. Go to www.milltravel.com. I gone to uh, work work for the T in Boston. <laughs> <laughs> this might have been the song that I was playing. The Grateful Dead uh, riding that train. Welcome back to Travels with Charlie. Phil Zaldotti, my guest this afternoon. Corm doing a great job picking the music this afternoon on Travels with Charlie. So uh, we've been talking about changes in your life with a life coach, uh, Phil Zaldotti, and as well as uh, dreams and dream interpretation. And we'd love to hear from you with uh, with one of your dreams. Don't be afraid. You know, you don't have to give your full name. We're not going to come after you. In fact, there was one instance when we were doing a show, Phil, where we had somebody that called in about uh, being chased. And you helped that person. There were some things going on in his life. Whether or not Want to talk about yes. that? Yes.
0: He uh, was in a, a desert storm and left. Desert Storm, uh, with severe PTSD, and every night he had the same dream, and it got so bad that he uh, was uh, depressed, knowing, watching the sun go down, because he realized I'm going to have to go to bed again, yeah. and I'll, I'll have that same dream, and he'd wake up screaming, drenched with with perspiration. Uh, he ended up drinking. Uh, way too much, got on antidepressants at the same time, ended up losing his marriage, and he lost his job. And then he called in to your show. And he shared his his, um, tormenting dream. And I I talked with him multiple times uh, off the air uh, and talked to him about his dream and told him what I've learned from coaching is that the fears or issues we run from run to us. Until they're confronted. So I taught him about lucid dreaming. He's had it so many times. You can change the outcome of your dream. I said, tonight, I encouraged him, when that thing is chasing you, you need to turn around and confront it. He said it was a horrible, like a demon of some sort that was chasing him. And it was tied to his childhood, some abuse he went through. And so the, the abuse, I mean, the tormenting got worse. I taught him how to confront it he confronted it and the demon realized he's not going to run anymore and it, it and th- this demon ran the other direction
2: so that's what lucid dreaming is you can actually teach yourself
0: how to change the outcome to
2: change the outcome or to to continue the dream and to yeah. because sometimes in those types of dreams you wake up immediately you yeah. don't even get a chance to yep. to confront uh, who that person yeah. is and, you know you mentioned a recurring dream and, and recurring dreams aren't all um you know of being chased they could be you know just silly dreams or whatever but they they continually recur why is that cuz
0: usually there's a lesson in there that you need to learn and you haven't learned it you haven't learned it yeah yet, so it keeps repeating
2: want to try my dream from last night this one was from last night you know i woke up this morning and i'm going phil's going to love this is it, one
0: is it a short dream yeah or, it was just I, sh- I make no some notes no it was okay. very
2: short i mean all okay. i remember of it is um I was eating French fries that were being mixed in a bowl with hot sauce and mayonnaise. <laughs>
0: Any ideas
2: other than uh, I'm crazy and I need help?
0: <laughs> well, what's when you when you think hot sauce? What do you think of?
2: I love hot sauce. I mean, yeah. I you know the hotter the better.
0: Boy, oh, boy. <laughs> I got I I
2: do have a trip coming up, and it, it's to the land of hot sauce, so maybe that has something to do with it.
0: It could be. Um, what, you, what about mayonnaise? Because well, I know uh, they eat it that way in Germany and other places.
2: Yeah, I'm not going into any of those areas, and I don't really understand. Do you like that? I, um, I've never really done it, but, you know, I got up and I thought about it. It doesn't really sound that bad. I mean, how many times have you had a sandwich? You put a little hot sauce and a little mayo on it, so... Who am I to, you know, to not try it?
0: And french fries.
2: And french fries. And and then from the, you know, I woke up and then I went back to sleep. And then the next thing I'm dreaming about, somebody's giving me chocolates and I'm looking at them and I'm going, well, wait a minute. Those are all the cream filled ones. I want the caramel ones. (laughs) So they were trying to, you know, I didn't, you know, this is a scam. I want the caramel ones. Don't give me the cream filled ones. <laughs> you may have to think about this and get back to me. some um...
0: <laughs> it's a typical Charlie dream. <laughs> yeah, I've had some
2: strange ones, have I not?
0: <laughs> but it could be. I mean, when I when you said a bowl of French fries, hot sauce and mayonnaise, yeah, and, and I asked you about the mayonnaise, you haven't tried that yet. No, no, no. So maybe it's some. It's you're gonna experience something you already enjoy, but you're gonna experience something that you've never tried before.
2: No. Oh. Let's hope there's a, there's an opportunity to come up, uh, going to vote. I know
0: me personally, I don't like mayonnaise. <laughs> oh, you don't like, so no, you, would, you wouldn't like I it. I wouldn't too. like it.
2: Extra hot sauce
0: though. It's when I saw the Germans eating, uh, it with mayonnaise. I yeah. Thought, you just ruined it.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Phil, it's always great to catch That's up with you. It's always great to catch if up. If with people you.
2: want more information, prolific leadership com.
0: Yeah. They can go to the website or, uh, my email address, uh, coaches corner 802. 802- at gmail.com.
2: All right. Good stuff. Hey, we're going to be back with you on the 30th of January. Joe Connolly, the new executive director for Run Vermont, M&T Bank, Vermont City Marathon. He's going to be my guest. And lots happening with uh, Adam Jones from Myers Bagel Cafe with a new location and pizzas. Sponsored by Travels with Charlie. Brought to you by Casella Way Systems, Jolly Convenience Stores, Milne Travel, Myers Bagel Cafe, Theme song written and performed by Billy Bratcher. The executive producer, Brad Cormier. Running the board, Steve Cormier. I'm Charlie Papillo, and I'll see you in my travels.